I'm on the train. You're listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Now alongside Coach Edwards, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. With the exception of the season-ending Territorial Cup game against Arizona, no game on the Arizona State football schedule is as eagerly anticipated by the Sun Devil players than the one they're about to play this Saturday afternoon. For nearly two dozen ASU players, it'll be a Southern California homecoming at the Los Angeles Coliseum. And even for the Sun Devils who aren't from SoCal, there's a little extra adrenaline flowing when you look across the field and see the men of Troy on the opposite sideline. Join us over the next hour as we preview ASU's game against the defending Pac-12 South Division champion USC Trojans as we welcome you all aboard with Herm Edwards presented by Coors Light. Good evening, everybody. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of Sun Devil Football. With me, as always, first-year ASU head coach Herm Edwards. And Herm and I are here every Thursday night at this time during the college football season along with a terrific crowd of Sun Devil fans and ASU football, the topic of conversation. Our new home for the coaches show this year, the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen on First and Farmer near downtown Tempe, Arizona. The Lodge has been a terrific venue for the show all season long, and we invite you to come on down and join in on the fun. We have a veritable cornucopia of guests set to join us on tonight's show. The three amigos of the Sun Devil Pass Catching Corps are all here, and we'll visit with Nikhil Harry, Kyle Williams, and Frank Darby this evening. And also joining us will be the gentleman who mentors those fellas as ASU wide receivers coach Charlie Fisher will stop by as well. Just like a football game, this show is formatted in quarters, so what do you say we begin the first quarter of tonight's show? Welcome to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, first quarter. Time now to welcome in head coach Herm Edwards. Herm, good to see you as always. Yeah, it's good to be back and with the nice fan base. They, they Boy, come out every, oh, the crowd's been great. They're, they're fabulous. They're fabulous. And um, you mentioned the three players that are here tonight. Um, we anticipate big things this weekend from those three players. Yes, indeed. I think if any good things happen to this Sun Devil team, those three guys are going to always have their fingerprints on it, don't you think? Absolutely. It, it, it helps us when they have their hands on the football because all of them have the ability to make big plays. That's where you want them to get their fingerprints, on that uh, piece of rock. And uh, we'll talk about them. Uh, we'll talk with the uh, fellas from the wide receiving core in the next segment. This has been a crazy couple of weeks schedule-wise, hasn't it? You had You had a bye week. A Thursday night game with Stanford, so you had 12 days prior to that game with Stanford, and now nine days to get ready for this game uh, with USC. Well, it's been a lot of preparation time, and I, and I thought our players handled it very well. Um, we give them a little time off, uh, but the focus is, has been there every week. Um, they understand uh, the magnitude of, of every game going forward. You know, we're running out of football games, and um, we just have to finish some finish some games off now. And the ability to make plays in the moment, I mean, that that's what it's going to boil down to for us uh, the, rest of the, the rest of the way. I would certainly imagine that uh, having USC as your next opponent would put a little extra bounce in everybody's step. What's it been like at practice this Well, week? it's been good. I, mean, I think the players understand, uh, you know, the magnitude of the game and who you're playing. I mean, you're, you're playing uh, a team that uh, historically has had, had a lot of national prominence. Uh, when you think about USC, and go, it goes way back to the days that I walked into the Coliseum as a college athlete mm-hmm. against these guys. So uh, it's a game that I think if you're not a USC player uh, and you get to play against them, you get excited uh, because of 
the history of this place and obviously playing in the Coliseum it is it's it's one of uh, one of the national treasures for yeah. us uh, when you think about all the events that have taken place in the Coliseum the history of it um, it's shrunken down some now compared to what it used to be. They're but doing a major renovation yes. with the Rams back in yes, L.A. Yes, but I, it's yeah. still the L.A. Coliseum. Yeah. And I can remember walking in there as a college athlete going, man, this is the Coliseum. And then going in there as a professional football player as well. And, and then coaching in there as well. So it's a, it's a unique place. Um, a lot of history uh, has been made on that field. Mm-hmm. And some Herm Edwards trivia for you. Guess where Herm Edwards' first career interception was? In the Los Angeles Coliseum, and tell them the quarterback off whom you picked off a pass. People won't believe this, but he actually went to the Rams. It was Joe Namath. Joe Willie Namath. Joe Willie Namath, yeah. Yep. Rookie, and I can remember like it was yesterday. Harold Jackson was wide receiver number 29. Oh, running a go route down the left sideline. I jumped up and, and intercepted the ball. Now, the unique story was this. <laughs> you know, you wrap the ball up. After you get an interception, your first interception right. as a professional football player. Mm-hmm. And as the game ends, we're walking up the tunnel, and I have the ball. And I asked a couple of veterans, I said, you think if I asked Joe Namath to sign my ball, he'd sign it? He said, no, don't ask me to do that, Rook. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> sure that'd be ball. such a good touch. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't the right thing to do. Oh, know? man. Yeah. But, you know, with uh, so many of your players coming from Southern California, I mean, it seems to me there's all different levels of motivation. You have, you have some kids that probably grew up as USC fans, some that were recruited by USC. USC, and then probably others who weren't recruited by USC. You no, know, you make you make some great points there, and I think uh, for our guys, it's unique in this sense. Um, we've got about half a dozen or a dozen or so that have been, you know, grown up in California, in Southern California. A lot of family members of people are going to the game, and this game, as as unique as it may be for them, you know, last two years has been a game marred with fouls. Mm-hmm. And I've already con- told our players, hey, look, we can't get involved in this emotional thing because when you think about the game in the last two years, there have been 30 penalties wow. for 300 yards. Wow. That's not good. That's not no. good for football. That's not good for anyone. So I, I think we have to make sure that we don't – we are emotionally ready to play, but we can't go over – on the other side where it becomes a detriment to your football team. And it's interesting to note that the most heavily penalized team this year in the Pac-12 is USC. They are first or last in the league, depending on what your perspective is. They have the most penalties. They average uh, nine penalties almost per game and 81 penalty yards per ball game. Yeah, you make a great point. And our team, as well as Stanford, going into last week was the least penalized team in the Pac-12. And so our, our team has done a, jo- a nice job, and the coaches and the players have, uh, have done a nice job of keeping their composure for the most part. But this week is critical for us. We, we can't get into a game like that. Herm, how challenging is it when you're going into a game and you're not quite sure who the starting quarterback is going to be on your opponent? Uh, JT Daniels, uh, the terrifically talented true freshman quarterback of the USC Trojans, for any fans that aren't aware, um, was injured against Utah last week and has been in the concussion protocol this week. And I have not heard if any, there's been any definitive word, and I got the sense from Clay Helton that it's going to be a late week or game time decision as far as Daniels is it concerned. It will be, but we'll prepare just how we prepare. And I think the quarterback situation there will be, uh, regardless of who the player is, they're going to run their offense. I mean, they're, they're an offense True. that, um, you know, they haven't run the ball as good as – they would like, I, I would assume that. No, I'm just assuming that. Um, but they've really done a nice job of throwing the ball down the field. They have some big receivers um, that can catch the football. I think it's uh, 10 passes of 
40 yards or more. Yeah. And so an explosive offense. And your defense has been great this year not giving up the explosives. It has, and this is one where we have to be alert because they're going to vertically test us with the with the ball down the field and down the middle of the field, and we have to be in position to play the high ball and actually go defend it because they'll throw it up there. Uh, they'll throw it up there at the 50-50 ball, and, and a lot of times USC players uh, catch it. And uh, you've told your cornerbacks once it's in the air, it's their ball as much as it's the other guys, right? Play the football. Don't play the man. Go up and try to intercept the ball. Now, in the event JT Daniels isn't able to go, redshirt freshman Jack Sears would be a USC starting quarterback. Hasn't played. But, you know, he's another one of those all-American, one. <laughs> all-American yeah. type players that, one. <laughs> that seem to litter their roster. You know? It's unique. Um, we had him in the Under Armour All-American game. Um, when Interesting. I was, yeah. So, and like Nikhil. Nikhil played in the game. Nikhil actually was on my team. That's uh, right. Corral, I you said right? that. They were yeah. on my team. So, I coached him for about seven, eight years. And he was one of the kids that was one of the quarterbacks. He didn't play on my team. He played on the opposite team. So, I know a little bit about him. He's He's athletic. Um, can run, uh, pretty nice arm. So probably more of a running threat, I understand, than Daniels. Yeah, would be. so you got to worry about the running quarterback all of a sudden, right? You got to yep. keep him in the pocket, and they, they might run some option with him, and uh, you know he'll throw the ball down the field, and then you know they'll run their offense. We'll preview USC a little bit more uh, into more detail later on. Uh, looking back at last week's game, coach, a week from tonight, the 2013 defeat at the hands of Stanford. What were your main takeaways from that ball game? Well. Missed opportunities. Um, and, you know, it's always about a couple missed opportunities. And, and, and when you cross the f- – that was a defensive game. I mean, you look at the first half, right? Yeah. <laughs> no one has scored a touchdown. That is That's a defensive right. game. Second right. And so you, you knew, you know, Stanford is one of those methodical teams. Um, and it was a methodical game. It was, it was played the way we felt it was going to be played. And then the third quarter broke out. We scored. Three points, got it tied, 6-6. Six, right. six. Mm-hmm. And then what we didn't do is is we didn't – when they possessed the ball, we didn't stop them on defense, right? They made a couple plays, and all of a sudden they scored twice, and yeah. all of a sudden we're, we're, we're behind. Now, we had opportunities. When we crossed the 50, we turned the ball over twice, didn't get any points. Yeah. We had a chance to intercept the ball, which we did not. We dropped it. Mm-hmm. Those are the plays. Yeah. Those are the plays that catch up with you. When you play a team like Stanford, very methodical, very well-disciplined football team, we had opportunities. And that's kind of been our story. Uh, you know, it's never the last series of downs that you play. It's mm-hmm. where if the offense has the ball and they don't score, it's, oh, it's the offense. Well, it was before that. It was plays prior to that. And I think when we make those plays and – then we're going to win a close game like this again. And uncharacteristic with the turnovers because your team, yeah. even with the three turnovers in the Stanford game, you're still second in the nation and fewest turnovers committed. But, boy, those uh, three really hurt last week. Well, they do, especially when you play tight games. Mm-hmm. And you think about the, the games we've played <laughs> have been pretty tight. <laughs> they just, we were talking know, before oh we went boy. on the air. How Who who to think, thunk yeah. it, you get to this point in the season, you've had four losses all by the same margin, seven points, and two by the exact same score. You've had two games. You lost 28-21. No, you're right. And, um, you know, it, it, does that help you? No, because you still lost. Uh, but, but I think what it, it, it gives the players is hope, that they know they're right there and, and knocking on the door. And if, if It's just a few plays here or there, and, and you win games. You know, and, and we used to say that in the league all the time when I was in the National Football League, you know, and, uh, you, you look at your schedule and you, you go through a season and you're a 10-6 football team, and there's probably 30 plays that allows you to be 10-6. and six, And when you don't make those plays, you're 6-10. and 10. Exactly. And that's that's the National Football League. Yeah. And that's how it works. Absolutely. Uh, is that helping Herm, uh, the players deal with the frustration of 
the, the close losses mounting, the fact that if you're losing close games, you're not that far away from turning 6-10 and 10 into 10-6. and six. I think these guys have a lot of confidence in who they are, and, and, it, and they show that every week. I mean, it's a credit to the players, I mean, to go out there week in and week out and come back the next week and, and show the same fight. And, and, and this team has tremendous will. There's no doubt about it. Um, I, I would play anybody in the country with this football team yeah. because of how they compete. And if you leave it on the grass, that's kind of my deal. Leave it on the grass. You can live with the outcome. Mm-hmm. And you're hoping the outcome is good. But if you give everything you can give to the game of football when you go on the grass, you live with the outcome. And then you walk away and go, okay. And, and you learn a lesson from that. Whether you win or lose, but you learn a lesson. But you didn't cheat the game and you didn't teach your, your, your teammates if you leave it on the grass. And your quarterback is a leave-it-on-the-grass kind of guy, isn't he? I've heard, even though he was as distraught as anybody after the loss to Stanford, I heard that uh, Manny Wilkins was exhibiting great leadership in practice this week. No doubt. And the offense had a fantastic practice. And uh, everyone was focused in. It was a a good practice week. It really was. And uh, guys, you know, that's the one thing about these guys. You love their ability to come back to work, and, and they're eager to learn. They're eager to, to please the coaches and what we're asking them to do. And, and from there, you know, I feel bad for them. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, I want them to win a game. Yeah. I, want to, I want to see those guys come in the locker room and the smiles on their face. That's what I enjoy the most. I sit back when we win a football game, and I just sit in the chair, and I just watch all the players. Yeah. I don't, for the first five minutes, I ain't talking to the team when you win a game. I just sit there and watch them. Mm-hmm. I said, this is what I like. I love this, you know, because it's it's a combination of all the hard work they put and in. And you know what it felt like from when you played. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. There's nothing like when you leave the stadium and you won a football game and you walk in that locker room with your teammates and your coaching staff. There's, there's no other feeling like that. And you know what? I think it's double on the road, isn't it? Oh, and uh, if they can get one yeah. in the Coliseum, can you imagine what that locker room will be Saturday afternoon? It'll be a fun walk back up to the, our locker room up that tunnel. Boy, Absolutely. You know, for the world's most refreshing beer, 21 means 21. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Light, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You know what? We're just getting warmed up on tonight's edition of All Aboard with Herm Edwards. New Sun Devil wide receivers coach Charlie Fisher will stop by for a visit a little bit later on. But up next, we'll meet three of Coach Fisher's prized pupils as Sun Devil pass catchers Kyle Williams. Frank Darby and Nikhil Harry will join us. You're listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe. Now, this time out on the Sun Devil Radio Network, presented by Gila River Hotels and Casinos. Let's start the second quarter of All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Hey, on game day, leave the driving to Lyft, proud partner of Sun Devil Athletics. Download the app and enter the code SUNDEVILS for $5 off your first four rides. Welcome back to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of Sun Devil Football and your host for tonight's show. This is going to be a good segment. I'm, I'm predicting it right now, and it's these guys' fault if it's not. But time to welcome in our player guest tonight, three of the Sun Devils' top four pass catchers on the season. The first, to my far right here for the people watching in the restaurant, is, the, is coming off his most productive game of the season, five receptions against Stanford last week. With 66 catches last year, he and Nikhil Harry teamed up to form the most productive single-season pass-catching combo in Arizona State football history. From Eureka, California, welcome to the show, Kyle Williams. Kyle, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you? Great to see you, bud. 
Our next guest, to my immediate right, ranks second in the nation with his average of nearly 24 yards per reception. He also leads the Pac-12 conference in nicknames. Jersey Frank, Big Play Frank, Deep Ball Darby, or as former coach Todd Graham used to call him, Deep Threat. By any name, if Manny Wilkins chucks it deep, this guy will latch onto it and... He's live on Facebook in this segment. Please welcome Frank Darby to the show. What's up, Frank? How you doing? How you doing? Last but certainly not least, it's basically going to take the whole segment to introduce these guys. One of the best receivers in the nation, one of the best in Arizona State history. He has 182 career receptions with six more. He will tie John Jefferson for third all-time in ASU history from Chandler High School. Say hi to Nikhil Harry. How are you, Nikhil? How you doing? I'm doing great. Nikhil, let's start with you. You just heard me say that. Only Derek Hagan, who is now on the staff at Arizona State, DJ Foster, and the great John Jefferson have caught more passes than you have, my friend. How would you assess your career here? Has it gone to – have you fulfilled your own expectations so far in college? So far, I feel like um – you know, I've, I've fulfilled some of my expectations, but, you know, there's still always room for improvement. What drives you? Because that's, that's that's something I've noticed about you. You just always seem to have that drive to get better and get better and get better. Uh, what drives me is just basically my family, you know, just being from the place I come from and, and just seeing how much my grandmother sacrificed. You know, it just makes me want to go out there and, and do everything I can to, to become the best player I could be. And, boy, we are sure glad you're doing it here at Arizona State. Kyle, uh, talk about the wide receiver group. The pass offense. How do you think the the, the guys are coming along, uh, coming together here as the season unfolds? Um, I think we're coming together really well this season. Um, we've obviously had some big games and um, a lot of production. Um, I think that everyone's really selling in uh, after a midseason in their roles and just kind of how they help the team and the different dynamics in the offensive room. And I just think that our coach Sikens is doing a great job of just uh, getting us an open space, getting us the ball. And um, I'm just excited to see what these next five games hold. And um, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do some big things. How about you and uh, Nikhil? How fun is that to be part of that? Kind kind of a pass-catch combo like I mentioned the stat from a year ago, man. It's pretty fun, you know, um, just Nikhil, just seeing him work every day and just um, just the great receiver he is pushes me. I know it pushes Frank. It pushes all of us just to get better every day. So just uh, having someone like that uh, with us, just it's awesome. Frank Darby, let's start by answering the question all America wants to know. All right, how many nicknames are there for you and what's your favorite? Uh, Run them down for me, would you? I like the new one that Herm gave me, Jersey Frank. Jersey um, Frank, that's yeah, good. Because like you're from one. Jersey City, New Jersey, right? Yeah. Um, I also liked the one that um, they used to call me Deep Threat Darby. You know, mm-hmm. it was just, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I just love every nickname that they gave me. You know, I just take it. As well, let's go with Jersey Frank. I like that. Yeah, let's take like that, that one. I like that one. All right. <laughs> so tell your Facebook crowd live that's going to be Jersey Frank from now on. I'm there. Jersey Frank from now on. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Hey, how, how is it that you and Manny Wilkins have developed this early chemistry, uh, Frank, on, on the deep ball? It, it literally seems like any time he targets you on a deep pass, man, you're going to come down with it. Uh, I could say that our chemistry got way better um, this year. Last year, I mean, I, get in, I used to get in the game, catch a couple deep passes, just trying to build some trust. And I feel like over the offseason, I guess that made me see how hard I was working and how determined I was to be great and try to start this year. Um, we just started putting in more work offseason, going into the field, catching passes when nobody was around, you know, just working on the techniques and the timing with me and him. Mm-hmm. Nikhil, you and Manny have had a great chemistry for three years. Talk about your growth together and the growth you've seen in him this year as a quarterback. Um, I feel like we've grown so much because we have so much confidence in each other. We trust each other so much. 
Um, you know, anytime he throws me the ball, you know, he expects me to come down with it. And, and you know, I always want to come down with it for him. So um, it's been great to see how we've both grown over these next couple, um, over these past couple years. And I'm excited to see what these next five games have in store. It has to help his confidence. As he's always said, the 50-50 balls to you are actually 80-20 or somewhere <laughs> in that range. Yes, but sir. it's just something that you guys have developed over the last three years, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's something we put a lot of work into, not just during practice, you know, after hours. Um in the off season, so you know it's been a lot of work that that have gone into that. I can vouch for that because Nikhil and the wide receiver group, you guys are usually about the last ones off the practice field every day, aren't yes, you? Yes, are every day. Yep, pretty sure. As a native of Southern California, Kyle, uh, this game, the meaning of it coming up for you and for all the SoCal Devils <laughs> going over to play the Trojans in the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, obviously a big game, uh, no matter where you're from. But uh, just being from Southern California, and also just growing up in like Long Beach and just that area, it's just um, it's it's a big game. I got a lot of family coming. Um, I know around the world, I mean, around the country, a lot of guys have uh, people coming. So it's going to be a good game to watch, and um, I'm excited just to get to work. Nikhil, you're from uh, here, as we said, Chandler High School. But I'm wondering how much does that USC name and the game uh, coming up Saturday resonate with you? You know, I mean, this game means a lot to me, you know, because um, I've been waiting on this game all offseason. Um, I'm 0-2 against USC, so, you know, I'm looking forward to this game a lot. Now, Frank, will this be your first time playing in the Coliseum? This will be my first what, time. What's your thought? What are you thinking about uh, coming up for Saturday, huh? I'm, I'm actually very excited. Um, I never played up there. I wanted to see the atmosphere and how everything go. I mean, they say it's different from us from over here. But, I mean, I actually love playing away games, you know, just like scoring and making big plays in front of their fans mm-hmm. and basically show them that they can't guard none of us and, you know, things in that nature. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's a good point because on the road this year, you had the big game in San Diego State. You had a big game in Colorado. You seem to like playing on the road. What is it? You just like making the, the, the crowd go quiet with a big play? Yes, I love it. I love it. Because <laughs> they can't say nothing to us. They can't say no. They could talk so much. You know, but when we making plays, there's nothing you can say to us. Now, Frank, after uh, Tuesday's practice, you uh, held court with some for a couple of the media guys, and I was listening in, and you, you had some, I thought, insightful and interesting comments about uh, how the guys are holding together or dealing with all the close losses this year. How are the guys doing that? How is the locker room managing what has to be the frustration of seven-point loss four times in a row? Yeah, I can say, um, I mean... After every game, losing my seven seven points, I mean, it's hard for all of us. I mean, we go into the locker room frustrated because we all just trying to figure out what it is, like how we keep losing by seven points, like what we need to do to fix this. Um, so basically, I feel like every game, every week, like we go practice harder and harder and just pre- prepare for them. Um, and that I just feel like everybody on the team is just actually working hard and we're trying to fix all the errors, you know, minus the penalties, the penalties, the turnovers, and we're just trying to go out here and just win this game with no defense. Mm-hmm. Kyle, when you're losing games that close, that tells me you're probably a play or two away each game. What will be the keys, in your opinion, to getting those plays coming the other way the last five ball games? I just think it's um it's all in the, uh, the players. You know, people can say it's the coaches and it's the players or whatever you want to say, but it comes down to us and it comes down to how critical we take our jobs and how um how how good we execute. That's what it comes down to is just execution and preparation and you know just going out there and doing it. So. We know we have the calls, and it's just up to us to finish drives, and it's up to us just to really, um, really want it. You know, when you get down in the red area, so that's going to be huge. Nikhil, even though it's three and four, the record, I, I see a team that's improving and getting better. What do you see on the inside, looking out with this team? I see a lot of potential. 
you know, we have so many weapons, so many different players that can make an impact on the game. And, you know, it's, it's really just about finishing, you know. Um, those last couple games, we tried to play catch-up. And, and on those last couple drives, um, you know, we just ran out of time. And, you know, we can't play that catch-up game. We have to we have to go out there and, you know, play with heart and passion from the beginning of the game. And, and if we do that, I feel like we'll start to get um, wins over these next couple weeks. Indeed. Frank Darby was front and center in one of the biggest plays of the year. Uh, that Let's take you back to San Diego State. I know you're still saying you caught that football, that when you got targeted, got the big hit, make the catch in the waning seconds. It looks like the Devils are two yards away from a tying touchdown. And when reviewing the targeting call, they took away your catch. Uh, what are your reflections on that play? Uh, I mean, that, I'm yeah. amazed you caught that football because you just got unloaded on on that uh, illegal hit. Yeah, I mean, I had to go catch it because I called the play out. I, I told, I had ran into the huddle and told I was like, they they playing this certain type of defense, just throw it deep over the safety head and I'm going to go get it. So my whole mindset, I mean, I caught passes like that in high school before, you know, to win the game. So it was like really nothing new to me. But the first thing that was new to me is just getting hit like that. I used to never get hit like that. So <laughs> I say that. But that play is really going to haunt me for a long time, you know, because I really think I caught that ball. You know, I didn't think that the refs was going to, like, review it. Yeah, but yeah. I, just think it was, I just thought they was going to review the targeting, and we was going to win that game if they would have put that ball on the one-yard line. That's where it would have been if it all had stood. But... You know, the only good thing about getting hurt for you guys is the fact that if you do, you got a guy in the end here who can take care of you because I'm sure a lot of our fans know that Kyle Williams is a budding orthopedic surgeon. In <laughs> fact, did an internship this past summer with uh, Dr. Anikar Chabra, the longtime orthopedic doctor at Arizona State. Uh, talk about wh- where do you uh, – spoiler alert, I'm doing a feature on Kyle for next week's pregame show, so he's not going to give you all the good stuff right now. But uh, when, when did the – dream of being a doctor first hit you mr williams um just when i uh when i met uh, dr Shab and um he had taken care of me early my freshman year with a you know small injury and i just was really intrigued in what he was doing and um you know i reached out to him and you know said you know can i just follow you around for a day and um i i did and i loved it um what they do at mayo is really special the patient care and the uh, health care network they have there is so amazing and um it's just nice to see them help people so I mean, and that's what I want to do. I just want to help people, you know, when I get older. You know, when I'm done football. So it's just awesome, and um, that's when I found out that's what I wanted to do. That's really, really cool. All right, give these folks an idea of what your course load is this fall. You and I were talking about this the other day, man. Um, I'm in um, well, I'm in a couple labs. So I'm in a uh, product design lab for, like, biomedical uh, instruments. I'm in an electromagnetic uh, physics lab. I'm in a... Um, I'm also in circuits, so like uh, circuit elements, like capacitors and resistors, all that kind of stuff. As opposed to circuits in a weight room. Yeah, uh, right? exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and just like those labs courses. So those are my big courses uh, this, this semester. That's, a, that's, a, that's a absolutely phenomenal. Nikhil, how does Kyle's intelligence show up on the field? Um, you know, it shows up just, just by the way he plays. You know, he's just a very intelligent player, um, rarely makes mistakes. Um, and, you know, he's just somebody that that uplifts the team in, in, in many different ways. Sure does. Frank Darby, what have you learned from your new position coach? Coach Charlie Fisher will be on with us in the next segment. Oh, I learned so much from him. I mean, he's an East Coast guy too, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was cool. I mean, our relationship has gotten so tight over this season. Um, I just feel like, like he added on to what I learned from Coach Likens last year. And when Coach Likens was saying that he was the guy that he learned everything from. So Coach Fisher just 
basically just telling me all the strings and how to be great and hold myself to a higher standard when I'm trying to do certain things if I'm trying to go to the next level. There you go. Now, as a Jersey guy, I'm wondering, have you had you ever heard of the miracle at the Meadowlands? at all or before coach edwards came to arizona state no you I never not. heard of it i never heard of it i think actually i actually i think is this the one that he caught the ball and scored for a touchdown and like that um. <laughs> you mean you, you don't know now frank harvey i i, I remember i, I remember because like i now that i go back a, home a fumble by giants quarterback joe pisarchik picked up by herman edwards Touchdown Eagles! Yeah, I don't believe it. I don't believe what I just saw. That's, uh, I remember now. Like every time I go back home, I mean, he's got so many fans in Jersey. I mean, do you actually think that he was like born where I was from? It's like you think you know? Jersey Herm, right? Yeah, Jersey Herm. <laughs> so like everybody talk about the play he made. I mean, he was showing us in the meetings. I was like, wow, he was an amazing player. Well, speaking of miracles, none of you fellas was there to witness a miracle in 2014 when a certain Jail Mary pass uh, gave the Sun Devils a victory over the USC Trojans. Uh, That's the last time ASU beat the Trojans at the Coliseum. Kyle, what's it going to take to get it done on Saturday? It's going to take us all to come together uh, this Saturday and um, just play our hearts out. It's going to be a little warm, but we're used to that. Um, it's going to be sunny California. I mean, it doesn't get any better than this, really. I mean, day game, California, yep. L.A., the whole thing. So, I mean, I know there's going to be a lot of uh, emotion and a lot of uh, excitement. So, we just got to hone that into the right energy, into the right direction, and we will be victorious. And uh, for our radio listeners, Kyle was smiling very widely when he was saying that. Nikhil, a quick key to victory for USC from your perspective. Um, you know, I just think it's, it's the passion we play with, um, you know, we just have to come out firing. We have to play with heart. And, and you know, when, when things get tough, we can't give up. We have to always have that motor. We have to always have that chip on our shoulder. And, and you know, we just have to give it everything. Three great guests and three great receivers. What do you think, folks? Frank Darby, Nikhil Harry, Kyle Williams. Fellas, thanks for coming on. And, okay. Frank, hopefully you get some uh, you get some likes on that one, huh? <laughs> hopefully. I hope so. <laughs> Great to have those guys on the show. For the world's most refreshing beer, 21 means 21. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Light, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Up next, you'll meet the fellow who mentors the Sun Devil wide receivers as Coach Charlie Fisher will join us. You're listening to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light, live from the Lodge in Tempe. Now this time out on the Sun Devil Radio Network. This is All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Third quarter college football team needs a quality night's rest the evening before the big game and that's exactly what the Sun Devils get at the Hilton Scottsdale where the team stays before all home games once again in 2018. We welcome you back to the show coming your way from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen on First and Farmer in Tempe. I'm Tim Healy the radio voice of the Sun Devils and we're glad you joined us tonight. In this segment of the show, we visit each week with one of the members of Coach Herm Edwards' Arizona State coaching staff. And our guest tonight is in his first year in Tempe, but has over 30 years of coaching experience. He's been an assistant coach at places like Penn State, Vanderbilt, NC State, Ole Miss, and Temple. And he's been a head coach at West Georgia and Western Illinois. And we're delighted to have him at Arizona State. We ask you to welcome Coach Charlie Fisher 
to the show tonight. Charlie, how you doing? I'm doing great, Tim. Thank you. Thanks for coming on board Absolutely. with us. You had a head coaching gig. In fact, mm-hmm. your Western Illinois team went to the FCS playoffs in 2017. What factors led you to decide to come out west and join up with Coach Herm? Well, obviously, you know, the opportunity to be with Coach Edwards and, and his background and what he brings to this great game and uh, had a connection with Rob Likens. We went way back to Temple. Mm-hmm. And the last time I checked, it's a whole lot warmer in Tempe than it is in Illinois. Yeah. So there's a lot of great factors, but uh, really glad to be here. Honored I'm, to be here. I'm impressed with uh, the staff that Coach Edwards has assembled, and it seems to be a staff that has really come together very uh, very nicely and very quickly. Yeah, I haven't done this for a long time. That first year, you know, you got to mesh a lot of personalities, people getting to know each other and everything, and uh, it's been really good. And, and Coach Edwards has made it really good. And, uh, you know, you, every week you see our staff, you just get a little bit more used to everything and the mm-hmm. way things are done. And, and uh, you can see that with uh, with our football team. How do you size up uh, your wide receiver group and their performance so far this season? Well, good. We, you know, we got a we got a unique group. We got a lot of veteran players, and that's made the transition really easy, certainly for me. And uh, the three young men you had up here, they all you know veteran players uh, with with unique different skill sets. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we've had some other guys come along now and, and chip in, so it's been really good. Let's talk about some of those fellas, starting with uh, Nikhil. I know uh, I've said he's one of the best, if not the best, wide receivers in the country, and I know a lot of Sun Devil fans will agree. And as you've coached him this year, what have been some of the things that have really impressed you or struck you about this young man and his skill set? Well, certainly Nikhil's a big, strong, you know, number one, and, and that's where you always start. You want a number one receiver guy that's going to make all the plays, and he can do that. The thing that's really struck me is, you know, Nikhil, when, he's, when he comes out to practice now, he, he works hard. And he gets after it. And uh, there's, he doesn't take days off. He doesn't take plays off. He's really worked hard, done a good job. And, it's you know, a lot of people are trying to gang up on him, obviously. They know he's the number one, and, and they spend a lot of time game planning him and trying to get him out of the game, so to speak. And uh, But he's handled that very well, and, and I know he's ready to and primed to have a great uh, finish here. And, of course, if opponents do gang up on Nikhil, you got yeah. other guys that can make plays, and uh, Frank Darby has become the guy. Uh, what's your favorite nickname for Jersey Frank? Frank the Tank. <laughs> Frank there the you Tank, go. always, always. But, the, you know, Frank's had a great year for us. And when I got here, Rob said, you know, Frank, now he can catch a deep ball as good as anybody. And uh, Coach Likens wasn't lying. Now, he can go get it. He, he, he's got tremendous technique on the deep ball, stacks them up, stays square. And, I mean, he, he takes what we drill every day onto the field. But he's made so many big plays, and he is fantastic down the field. How about Manny and Frank and the chemistry on those deep balls? Well, you know, Manny's done a great job of just, you know, putting a great arc on the ball, putting it out there and letting Frank go get it. And that's what Frank, you know, does best. He can go get that deep ball. And he's really improved the other aspects of his game also. But uh, certainly he has the ability to go get it and, uh, and find his way to the deep ball every week. As our audience here found out and our listeners at home, Kyle Williams is a terrific young man and a unique young man, isn't he? Boy, very unique, but, you know, tremendously smart on the field, uh, you know, works hard, you know, always always one of those guys that always wants to gain knowledge, always asks you the why and why are we doing this in, in a good way, mm-hmm. and wants to perform, wants to do his job to, to the – to the highest level and and plays with tremendous effort every week you don't ever have to worry about kyle's effort level because he's going to bring it isn't that that's kind of uh herman and i've talked about this that's kind of way the young people are today though the, the players don't they they want they want to understand why oh, they're absolutely being asked to do stuff absolutely they they like the why and that's good you know mm-hmm. as a coach you always you know i look back over my career and different players i've coached you know the really good ones always ask the why they want to know why we're doing things why we do this on this play and uh and as a coach that's refreshing 
Brandon Ayuk, I know, is a young man that you feel starting to come on, the junior college transfer who had a 51-yard reception in the uh, Stanford game last Thursday night. Yeah, Brandon, you can just tell the confidence level from, from game one to now. I mean, so much more confidence, uh, so much more relaxed on the field, starting to really understand our offense, and uh, he's had a really good week of practice. I, I expect him to have a big game. How do you see him evolving? Do you see him being another Frank Darby-type deep threat or a possession receiver? What you know, he's guy? a unique combination of a guy that can go deep, but uh, he's got really good feet, and I tell you, he's got strong hands. He can catch the football. He made a couple you know, just outstanding catches this week in practice. He's a unique combination of a little bit of everything. Let's talk about some of the other contributors in your room. You have uh, three fellas, a former Tennessee volunteer, Ryan Jenkins, mm-hmm. uh, Terrell Chapman, young man from Louisiana, and the big fellow from Mountain View High School, Curtis Hodges. Talk about those kids. Yeah, all those guys have chipped in. And it's so important when you have as many guys as we do because we don't just roll on three players. Now, the three guys you had on, you know, make a lot of the big plays. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's so important that each guy in the room understands his role. And, you know, you stay unselfish and just do your job. And Coach Edwards, you know, says that all the time. Just do your job. Do what the expectation is. And that's what all these guys have done. Whatever we've asked them to do, they do it. And isn't that the kind of mindset that's going to help as this team tries to deal with the, the as we've talked about, the frustrating close losses this year? Yeah, you, you know, you just got to show up every week. You got to keep fighting. You got to keep working, and you can't get your head down. And knowing that if you do those things, you, you just do your job, you work, keep your head up, keep a great great attitude, things are going to turn for you. Have you ever coached in the L.A. Coliseum? I have not. So I've I, seen USC play a lot. Uh, yeah. you know, never been there. Let's, but, uh, let's talk seen, about that. I mean, we talk about what the players think. How about you getting the coach in the uh, Coliseum against the Trojans? Yeah, this has been unique because being on the West Coast, seeing a lot of the, been in a lot of uh, great stadiums over the course of my career, but having a chance to be here on the West Coast and being at Colorado and I think uh, I told my wife how excited I was to watch Ralphie run around that, that, that run around the <laughs> that field. Was pretty, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? It really is because, uh, you know, having done this for 38 years, I've seen all the great traditions in college football. But to have a chance now, I guess I've seen that white horse a bunch of times on TV. <laughs> but we'll go. get a chance to see it live and in person. Now, full disclosure, Coach Fisher and I have something very special in common, and that is our connection to the Pennsylvania State University. Of Mm -hmm. course, our fans may know that I went to school there, and Coach Fisher grew up about 50 miles from State College, Pennsylvania, Allenwood, Pennsylvania. That's right. right. And he was a coach, an assistant coach at Penn State, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about that because you were on Bill O'Brien's staff for two years, two years that when that staff held that program together in the wake of the horrific Jerry Sandusky scandal. What was that period of time like on that campus and uh, in that football program, Charles? Well, it it was, you know, it was July, I think, 17th when the sanctions came down. It was a hard day for all of us, uh, you know, because the the young men that were punished in that program had nothing to do with what went on. So you feel like, you know, a lot was taken away for no reason at all. Now, that doesn't excuse what obviously what happened, but that was a a totally – a different set of circumstances there as, a, as opposed to our players. But, uh, you know, I can remember like yesterday, you know, our captains are, and our leaders of our team and Mike Mowdy standing yeah. there and saying, no one man built it, no one man's going to tear it down. And our players just stayed together. And, uh, you know, that team, the 2012 team, now is in the ring of honor at uh, Beaver Stadium. How about that? And just, you know, a real honor for me to just have a small part in that team and just see how those young men in adversity came together and said, hey, we're going to get it done. 
and get it done they did. And, boy, some of the players you've coached through the years. At Penn State, your quarterbacks were uh, Christian Hackenberg and Matt McGloin, young man right. from good old yeah. Scranton, Pennsylvania, former Oakland Raider, as uh, Sean Crespin gives a thumbs up to that. Uh, but also Charlie coached uh, Jay Cutler at Vanderbilt. Tory Holt and Corin Robinson at North Carolina State years ago. You've uh, uh, it must make you proud to see those young men go on and uh, achieve careers in the NFL. Yeah, been, been very fortunate along the way to to be in programs and have guys come in it that uh, you know were great talents and have a chance to to be part of their growth. And the one guy you didn't mention, and I'm as proud as anybody, is Kyle Laletta, the quarterback with the Giants out at Richmond, and he was a. You know, we looked at him at Penn State, passed on him, and he's a great example of what hard work, determination with your skill set and his improvement, much like Cutler, mm-hmm. a guy that just kept improving and improving, took his skill set, mastered it, worked hard to make it better, and at the end of the day, got the reward. Charlie, you've been a part of some really good programs. Do you see the potential in this Arizona State program? Oh, absolutely. I, I see our team, you know, making strides every week, and it takes a, a lot of work, and it's not easy to win a football game. It takes a lot of work, and a lot. Of, you got to do a lot of things right throughout the fourth, you know, the four quarters. Mm-hmm. We're right there on the on the doorstep of doing that. There've been close losses, and we've had a, you know a couple, you know, there's three, four, five, six plays, whatever it might be in every game that you know are, are key factors, and uh, you know our guys. The, the thing impresses me is their attitude how hard they work and you just keep going before we let you go i know you're a big baseball fan mm-hmm. like i am the red Sox yep. are up to nothing on the dodgers as a san francisco giants fan yep. i'm assuming you're anticipating a sweep uh, unfolding right? it, it would be the best thing in the world that could happen <laughs> right now is just to get a sweep get the dodgers out of there get them back home <laughs> all right and we'll look forward to next year and let the giants get their fourth coach edwards he's 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 on board with the giants yeah well, he's from the so, monterey yeah, area absolutely. So absolutely so hey great insights great to have you at arizona state charlie thanks for coming on thank with you us. so much coach Charlie Fisher joining us, Sun Devil Wide Receivers Coach. Great, great stuff. For the world's most refreshing beer, 21 means 21. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Light, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Coach Edwards will rejoin me in a moment as we preview our game Saturday at USC. That's uh, coming up next as All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, rolls on from the Lodge in Tempe here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. The fourth quarter is next on All Aboard with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Visit the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen on First and Farmer in Tempe every Thursday night during the ASU football season for All Aboard with Coach Herm and stay afterward for great food and an ice-cold beverage. Welcome back to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light for the world's most refreshing beer. 21 means 21. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Light, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Should mention that uh, during uh, commercial breaks here, they we do a raffle uh, within the uh, restaurant where uh, fans who attend can win uh, prizes and. I have to say, tonight things worked out well because two very dear friends of mine, Leslie Hurstein and Rebecca Hingst, happened to win the two prizes. And they come here every week to the show. And we just wanted to mention how much we appreciate them and all the great folks that come and watch our show every week. And, Herm, I think that's part of what's made this such a terrific show, huh? Uh, no doubt. The fans have been excellent. Uh, a lot of uh, excitement. Uh, when we come in here every Thursday from the fans and um, they understand the process of what we're trying to get accomplished. But you just mentioned, um, obviously, winning a prize. Well, mm-hmm. let's tell them the real story here now. Okay. Uh, obviously, you're a, a giant fan. 
and uh, you've never been to the World Series. Oh, uh, and I, all of a sudden, I'm not a Giants fan, but I am. I have never been, been to the World Series. To the World Series. Okay, and, and guess what? There is a report that from the newsroom that uh, engineer Sean Crespin and yours truly have just landed tickets to Game Three of the World Series tomorrow night. And uh, we'll keep the details to ourselves, right, Sean? Just keep the but, details. Uh, um, yes, uh, and I, I will be under orders. My sister back in New Jersey, another another New Jerseyite, is a diehard Red Sox fan. Ooh, so okay. uh, we'll probably be under orders to root for the Red Sox. But uh, and especially living in Arizona, you can't root for the Dodgers, right? So, I don't know. And I know you're a Giants fan, so go way. I mean, way back. You go way back. I mean, Tito Fuente, oh Hal Hallard, oh Juan Marichal, yes, all of them, the Blue Brothers. The high-kicking right-hander. Willie Mays, and I actually met Willie Mays. Oh, that must have been something. Oh, boy, I tell you what. That man. must have been Number something. Number 24, something. Willie Mays. Now. Willie McCovey. Willie McCovey. Oh, yeah. man. Barry, uh, Bobby Bonds is, you know, Barry Bonds' daddy, Bobby Bonds. Bobby Bonds, what a great yeah, player he was. Great team. Everybody knows Barry Bonds is great, but, boy, Bobby Bonds Dude. was such a good all-around player. Number 25. I guess this is a football show, so let's yep, get back let's get and talk a little football, football before right. we leave. But, boy, this has been a whole lot of fun. Uh, what are some of the things that catch your eye about USC, uh, this USC team on tape? Well, some things never change. Historically, um, they have been uh, gifted with a, some, some great athletes uh, on both sides of the football, and, and that hasn't changed. Uh, that, that seems to be the, uh, the motive, the DNA of USC. And I think um, you mentioned it earlier. Um, uh, they do a lot of recruiting, uh, national recruiting. You get a lot of players out of California, though. Mm-hmm. Let's let's make it perfectly clear. Sure. And uh, I think when you are one of those players that they're interested in, and eventually they don't take you, you you play with a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. But they are very talented. Uh, they have a talented group of players, uh, and they have a lot of depth. Uh, as well, so that that's what you run into. High school all Americans, deep. Oh, they got five, chart, right? Well, a bunch of the kids. Uh, the Under Armour game. It's amazing how many kids you, you get. What I don't know, fifty kids or so. Mm-hmm. And um, Nikhil knows he played in the game. And you know, when you figure out where these kids are going, there, there, there's a couple schools that always seems to get a lot of these guys. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and the SEC gets a bunch, and the one team that gets a bunch of them is Alabama. Yep. Right. <laughs> Indeed they do. So, and USC yeah, out and here. USC gets its share gets as well. Gets its share. That's why they can withstand things. Like they lost a really good player on defense, Porter Gustin, a linebacker, out for the year with an ankle injury. And another veteran linebacker, Cameron Smith, has been dealing with a hamstring issue. And I don't know if his status is totally determined. Yeah, but it's kind of tomorrow. interesting. They got number one who's a freshman. Yeah. Kind of like our freshman. I'm still learning how to pronounce his name. Yeah, and I'll have, I'll have it nailed by Saturday. Yeah. But he's young man from Las Vegas. I know exactly who you're talking about uh, from a a good old Bishop Gorman High School in uh, Las Vegas. So um, I guess a big deal will be just not, and you talked about it earlier, just to make sure that your kids handle the moment. And they, to me, they've handled the moment all the road games this season. They have. And then, you know, the emotions of, of playing there and, you know, the drama of what happens before the game, you know, the the, the white horse comes out, yeah. and you know, and the guy gets off the horse, and he throws the spear in the ground, all that stuff. 
Yep. Then you got to kick it off and go play football. And that's all it is. That's what's great about it. It's a football game. That's right. Go hit somebody in the mouth and make you feel better. And it's going to be a good football game, and we hope you'll join us on the radio. Our coverage will start at 10.30 a.m. with the Sun Devil Tailgate Show Saturday morning. Kickoff at 12.35 Saturday afternoon. Thanks to our host at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen, to producer-engineer Sean Crespin, to our studio coordinator Cody Fincher, to Tim Cassidy from the Sun Devil Football Program for his help. Thanks to everybody for coming out here tonight. Herm, thank you. Good luck this Saturday. Saturday. Have fun at the World Series. I will. I will indeed. We'll see you next week when we preview the Devils' homecoming game against Utah. Till then, for Coach Herm Edwards, I'm Tim Healy. Thanks for listening. So long, everybody. You've been listening to All Aboard with Sun Devil football coach Herm Edwards. All Aboard is presented by Coors Light and airs live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe. Arizona State football is an exclusive presentation of the Sun Devil Radio Network, presented by Mid First Bank.